Christ is truly risen. Christ is truly risen. Christ is truly risen. Christ is truly risen. Christ is alive. And I want to share the good news with you that everything has been changed. I want to share this good news with you that all of salvation history has led up to this point. Everything that we find in the Old Testament leads up to this moment. This is the height of all of reality, of all of the universe, for it is the moment that man reaches up to God and God reaches down to man. If we look through the Old Testament, last night at the Vigil Mass, we walk through the entire Old Testament. And if we look at the Old Testament, starting from Adam and Eve, where they are made or created in union with God, lost that union, and stuck in a state of crying out for God. Or we look at Abraham, who struggled. He listened to the Word of God. He left his homeland. He was wealthy. He had everything going well for him. And he left it all in order to follow God's Word. He was reaching out for God while God was reaching down to him. Or we look at Moses who struggled with his upbringing knowing that his blood was Jewish. He stood up for his people. He obeyed the word of the Lord even though he stuttered and he was incapable. He went and he spoke against Pharaoh. We look at the prophets throughout the whole Old Testament and they're all shouting out in the midst of their agony or in the midst of their joy. Whether it be pain or joy, they're shouting out for God. If they're filled with joy, often they're warning the people saying, watch out because you might become lazy. You might get too used to your joy. And that's what usually happens. We get habituated and we take things for granted. If it be suffering, the prophets cry out, consolation of consolations. God is your hope. But in the person of Jesus, that reaching down from heaven and that reaching up of man united for the only time in history. And this uniting is not a myth, for the tomb is empty. His body is not there, for he is truly risen. He is truly risen. His body is not there. And that 
reaching up of man and that reaching down of God finds union in Christ, but especially Christ in His passion. Because He came into the depths of the darkness of your suffering. And I know that you suffer too. For we're all in that boat. He came into the depths of the darkness of your suffering. And He lived it from inside. He came into the depths of our darkness. And He transformed it never to be the same again. He is alive. And so now our darkness takes on meaning. Facing our suffering, taking up our cross, is not just a stoic thing anymore where we just say, grit your teeth and bear it. It's not like that anymore. That's not suffering. Christian suffering has hope. Christian suffering has love. I do it because I love you, my friend. I do it because I love you, my God. And I hope because the tomb is empty. That despite us, despite me, despite my own weakness, the tomb is empty. That despite our own incapacities to live of the Gospel, the tomb is empty. That despite all of our waywardness within, God sees the desire of your heart as He did. And He showed us throughout the whole Old Testament. He saw the cries from our heart. He still sees the cries from your heart today. And He responds. And He is our hope. And it wasn't just with the resurrection. His resurrection took root throughout all history after We see it in all the lives of the saints. We say that the saints were the time of lore, the time of long ago. But we have to remember that there were more martyrs in the last century than there were in all the other centuries combined. We have to remember that John Paul II canonized the most amount of saints of any pope in history. We live in the time of saints and the time of miracles. And those miracles stand to contest the mind that doubts because the tomb is truly empty. And for those that live of His Gospel, those that seek His grace, those that allow the Spirit to enter within them, those that open their heart so that God might work. And how do they open? They open by desire. And those that open their heart so that God might work find meaning. Because we don't look for happiness in this world. It's a lie. You should not look for happiness in this world depending on what you mean. But what I mean, you don't look for that. Some kind of psychological state of paradise on this earth. Because on this earth, 
There is suffering, yes. Instead of looking for happiness, we have found meaning. And in meaning, we find joy. And in joy, we touch on the resurrection. And where do we find that meaning? We find the meaning in the little as in the big. We find the meaning in when I pick up a piece of trash out of love and sacrifice for my friend, for my children, for my husband, for my wife, for my brother. That's one of the great things about being in a church named after the great St. Therese. St. Therese had many secrets to her, many beautiful things that she said, but one of the great things that she said is, is by little things. The little way. And it's true, if we want to have a great love and profound meaning, we can't expect to have great love and profound meaning unless we begin with those little things, saying, I will pick up my cross and follow you because there is hope. I will do what I do not want to do because you did, Lord, what you did not want to do. You said, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, thy will be done. So I will get up and do your will because it has meaning and I hope it. I hope in what? I hope in your resurrection. So, coming before the Lord, let us ask that we too might receive His Spirit and live of His grace, that we might follow Him and that we might be consumed by the fire of God's divinity. For He is mercy and He has loved me and you long before we have ever been born. You and I, we have been His children. And so let us confide everything in Him today because our hope is alive. He is truly resurrected. Christ is truly alive. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.